Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is really fun. <laughs> this is so fun. Where are we? What are we doing? We're live here from the Quote Wizard boardroom. Are we live? Welcome, Mike, to episode 49 of the Coffee Ooh, and Code Cast. I should put some video on. That'd be good, too. <laughs> We're good at this. This is Amateur Hour at the Coffee and Code Cast, <laughs> bringing us back to our roots where we all got started. Sorry. Uh, it really, like, dumbed us down a lot. It did. It did. Uh, let me finish my spiel, all right? Spiel away, buddy. All right. It's a tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. There's the video. I'm Kyle Johnson. Hi. That's <laughs> Mike Sheehan. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Give me that fucking beer right now. All right. Here we go. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Episode 49 of the Coffee and Codecast. We're here again. We are roadless today. No road board, uh, which manages all our sound, which is why we have all these problems. This thing has caused us so many problems, not having the road board for two weeks in a row now. I forget every week how we get set up. We had the headphone jack plugged in the wrong place. The yeah. video wasn't working right. I see Zach's online. He was just talking to us about having a podcast of his own. The road board... Do it. It's the way to go. It makes everything so much easier. It's expensive, but it's, it's six hundred bucks. Split it with your either co-host and three hundred bucks a person, and it's going to save you thousands of dollars of trouble. Well worth the money until it breaks down. True. Speaking of thousands of dollars worth of money here, Mike just had a fraudulent experience. Which <laughs> it's unfortunate that the road board is not here again because one of the best things we could have done i wanted to do really bad is is on this fraudulent it was a laptop purchase yeah so i was in this room a few hours ago with a few guys we were we were doing some uh backlog grooming and i got a notification on my phone well a couple things on my phone i got an email from lenovo thanking me for my laptop purchase i said what what laptop purchase and <laughs> then i got a Little update from American Express saying, thank you for your Lenovo purchase, $1,650. Yeah, so I was a little concerned about that. But yeah, it turned out that somebody, I don't even have an account at Lenovo. I'm so really confused about this. I don't have an account at Lenovo. They they went, placed an order with my name and my email address and my credit card. And it's going to some other address, like three blocks down the street. Right up the hill from the Quote Wizard offices here. Dude, it's so weird. Yeah. So I wanted to dive into this. I was I was really excited. I was like, hey, you know what we could do? We could call this guy using the road board. We could, you know, it hooks up Bluetooth connection. So we could call him on air. Yes. And confront the dude. Like whoever, because there's a number on there. It's not your number. Yeah, there is a number. It's a 206 number. The address is right down the street. I mean, it's a, it's like a three minute walk from work. And I really wanted to call him up and be like, yo, this is, uh, you know, Kyle with Lenovo. We just wanted to confirm your order. Please. Yeah. Can we get your social security number? And, and yeah, just see kind of where it goes. See what it would have. It would have been a fun conversation. I wish we could have done I it. just, I'm so confused because this particular credit card is a newer card. I, I have never had it set up at Lenovo ever. 
before. Anyway. Well, you said you've never bought a Lenovo. No, I don't. I don't have an account at Lenovo. Um, so how that happened, I don't even know. But they're using my email address. Prankdial.com. What is this? I don't know what that is. Let me check this out while you continue your story. Well, there's not a whole lot else to say about it. It was just a really strange thing. I mean, I, I've never bought a computer there before. This is a brand new credit card. So how the hell did they get the credit card number? Uh, there's no other charges on this card. I mean, I've, I've had cards stolen in the past, not too long ago, but it wasn't from that. Apparently, this is like audio clips that you can play <laughs> to people to prank call or something. Like, oh, didn't want to do that. Hold Oops. on. I need to mute my audio of the uh, Facebook here, but I want to play one of these. This one says, you mm -hmm. kicked my dog. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll have to try that. I'm not sure if anybody can hear that or not. I don't either, but it was fun for me. I'll try it really quick. Prankdial.com. Prankdial.com. While you do that, I will move on to some follow-up. Um, I have some new tech goodies. Tech goodies. What the <laughs> hell is this? What are you sending us? What is this? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We need to use the credit fraud one. Perfect. Oh, very good. Doing great. great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Wow. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> I used to do this stuff back in the day. Do you remember the Jerky Boys? Uh, the name sounds familiar. I don't think I ever listened to them. Yeah, they were like big pranksters back in the day. And me and my buddies in middle school really like listened to them a lot. And we would try to do their voices on, on calls. We would just go through the phone book. For all you millennials out there, it was like a really thick, <laughs> thick stack of paper that had lots of phone numbers. But yeah, we would just randomly go through the phone book and just and pick a number and dial and then do different pranks. Like the Jerky Boys did lots of pranks. It used to be a big thing until caller ID. and. No, we, we had caller ID then, kind of. But it was like we would just do... Star six, seven. There's all the star codes on the phone. And you could just like say unidentified number or something. Yeah. But yeah, like nowadays, nobody's going to answer that. Maybe not. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you'd call landlines too. I mean, that was the other thing. Like all the numbers in the phone book were landlines. We'd call them up. Yeah. What do they got? Like there's a couple. Yeah. Saul Rosenberg. That was one of them. Yeah. Let's do that. Frank Rizzo, the auto mechanic. These are good. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> what? Yeah, it goes on and on. They do all <laughs> kinds of stupid shit, but they have like hey, a few different characters. Nice guys. Yeah, they call they call people up and do this dumb shit. Like call businesses, call people. So we used to do that stuff all the time, but we would do it ourselves. We didn't have prankdial.com. We didn't have the internet. We didn't barely had the internet. We had AOL CDs. <laughs> CDs, that's another thing you probably need to explain at this point. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nostalgia episode yeah. on the Coffee and Codecast here today. <laughs> Let's get into uh, cassette tapes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, my God. I can just see, like, people's heads spinning right now. What are you talking about? All right. So um, new technology. New technology. I got, um, we talked about the last couple of weeks here, the Sonos Move. Mm -hmm. One arrived at my house just uh, two days ago. Oh, yeah. So I have one. They're pretty awesome. It's exactly as we described. It's a portable speaker. You can pick it up, flip, yeah. it, flip it from Wi-Fi to Bluetooth. It's got a pretty hefty battery in it, so I, c I think it can run for... I want to say it could run for like 10 hours or something like that. It was quite a long time. Right on, dude. 
um pretty seamless like the cool thing too is like if it's just playing music and you pick it up out of the dock just continues on carries on on the wi-fi no problem seamless yeah um pretty beautiful product it's a little larger than the play ones or the sonos ones or any of those types of things um, but not by a huge margin i feel like the pictures made it look like it was more kind of gargantuan than it really is but oh that's interesting you have to bring it in here at some point i thought about bringing it in for the show but it, like i said it's pretty heavy and yeah not convenient to move around yeah at least not not like not like that like room to room fine mm-hmm. yeah pretty cool you just set it down on there's like a little ring basically and you just set it into the ring that starts it charging uh, when it's off the ring has a in inside the speaker kind of there's a little light array whoops what are you doing well i'm trying to get to the comments section um so people can comment we're professionals here i mean we got to be better than this see did it again <laughs> It automatically unmutes. I'm learning all kinds of things today. <laughs> I just I just feel us regressing greatly here. Like we were doing so good we, yeah. last month. This has been such a disappointment for me, guys. <laughs> I know I know how disappointed you are, and I guarantee I'm even more disappointed. Yeah. All right. Well Sonos, Sonos move. move. So I have one of those. It's great. I love it. I recommend it. Happy birthday. That was a birthday gift. It was a birthday gift. Thank Happy you. Happy birthday to you. We did skip the birthday episode, didn't we? Yeah, the birthday episode. Yeah. Well, missed that one. Yeah. We didn't get to go out for margaritas either. We're going to have to do that. Well, we got some nice, uh, what are these again? Rubens. Textiles. Pilsner. Yeah. They're tasty. Rubens. I'll take that. Rubens is great. I don't know if you've been to Rubens in a while, but they have a great brewery. Rubens Stoop. This is all part of the, like, what, Fremont Freelard experience? Freelard. Really good stuff. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, Kyle. See, they're coming in there. Hey, thanks. Zach, so thanks, Zach. Uh, other new uh, cool stuff. I got the <laughs> funny story. Uh, we talked about the iPhone 11 and that neither of us were going to get it. Well, I'm, I'm getting it. I thought you were getting it today. That was, yeah, well, I had to be at home to sign for it. Oh, but I was here in the office. Shit. Um, I actually decided, uh, I was sitting at home one day and like I was like, oh, well, we're going to be traveling here soon yep. um, to Asia. And I was like, well, maybe it'd be nice to have the camera. Sure. At the very least, right? It's got the kind of like the quad or the triple camera. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, it's pretty cheap. I can o- upgrade basically for the cost of the tax. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and do it. So I like put in the order, went through, no problem. Everything was fine. And I look at the order confirmation and my address is missing the unit number. So I'm like, well, they won't release it to me if that's the case. So canceled the order. So I did it again, punched in the unit number, submitted the order, got the confirmation, still was not in there. So I'm like, fuck cancel it again so now i like work with customer service from verizon who's my carrier and i have them do the same thing same problem no unit number on the order cancel again so i'm like at this point i'm like i'm just not going to do it and then like i'm like well i guess i'll try it one more time myself and i try it one more time this time the unit number sticks but the order is basically self-canceled by verizon service yeah you're probably raising all kinds of red flags and they're like Depart fraud department. This is the fraud episode. Yeah, I, I was basically freaking them out. They're like too many orders in 24 hours or something like that. I don't know. Right. So yeah, yeah. I basically like at that, this point, I'm like, well, I'm not going to go into the store, which was the next thing. They were like, well, you must go into the Verizon store and order it. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Fuck it. I don't, Why don't need you order it. it from Apple because I already have it, it through Verizon. Like my re re um, re up or whatever is through Verizon. Oh, your your monthly plan, your, whatever you do. Yeah, that whole thing's through them. Right. So we have a different one because I have the one through Apple. I wonder how that's similar or different than the yeah. Verizon one. But I've anyway. thought about going to Apple, but I'd have to like wait for the entire like the basically they still have you 
more or less on a two-year contract to pay off the phone. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to wait till that happens and then switch to Apple, which I could do. Okay. I'm not. I don't. I don't have that kind of uh, patience. It's a little silly that they all have their own version of the same damn thing. Like, why not just have it go through one place? Like, Apple manages the contract. Verizon gets some kind of kickback if they're the carrier. I don't know. It just seems really confusing to me that, like, for example, when I lost my phone earlier this year, it was um, it was an interesting experience because I have the insurance and I have the complete Apple Care. So I went in there and they're like, and I, I'm like, I have no phone and I need to file a claim. I went to the Apple store. And the first thing they said was, is like, oh, well, okay, well, it's through some other third party company. So, and it's only refurbished phones. So they have to ship you one in the mail. I'm like, I need a fucking phone and it's going to be a week. Yeah, we'll get it in like five business days, you know, or something like that. So I had to buy an iPhone in the store just, and I told them, I'm like, I'm going to return this thing in five days. Like I just need something today until I can get my replacement phone in the mail. I'm just so surprised by this shit. Like you would think that they have a pile of these refurb phones or whatever they are, like insurance phones in the back. Okay, we're filing a claim, and on your way you go. But instead, like I, I bought a phone, had to go back and return it. It probably had to go through some other process where they had to clean it and scrub it and get it ready to, for resale again. It just seems highly inefficient. And so it's a similar thing to what you're describing here. If you have to order it from Apple versus Verizon, and then they have their own process for it, it seems like a real pain in the ass. Right. So... Ultimately, like I end up having what four canceled orders, or yeah, something like that, or at least that's in, that's in my head. That's the way it is, and so mm-hmm. I just kind of figure I'm not going to get the phone. I'm just not going to upgrade. I was telling all these people that were asking me, like, "Hey, should I upgrade?" I'm like, "No, I'm not going to do it." Yeah. And then yesterday, two days ago, I get an email from Verizon. And they're like, "Hey, your order shipped." I'm like, "What the fuck?" And one of them didn't get canceled. canceled apparently, I, I guess. So yeah, maybe you get four phones. <laughs> I did look to see. I did val- validate that because I was worried about that. I was going to get dinged up for a whole bunch of different phones. I mean, um, I'd, I'd take one off your hands for a good go. price. So, yeah, I got the 256K. Um, Gig. What's, sorry. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, what do they call the new one? The green. Something green. Monster green? <laughs> I don't know if that's what it's called. Something green. Moonlight green. It was that something That sounds weird. right. Moonlight green. It was some weird shit like that. Yeah. Uh, iPhone 11 Pro. So the pro model first pro model of an iPhone. Yeah. Well, it's, it's effectively like the, the upper model that they always had. It's just now everything's pro MacBook pro. Yes. iPad pro. Yeah. Yeah. I watch pro. Is there a way? No, that's, that's the Hermes edition. That's like $3,000. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's the pro. It's the same shit inside the cheap watch, but it's because it's pro. It's worth a little bit more because it's, it's pretty. It's the Hermes. Exactly. Woo. Yeah. So, I'll have it next time. I, I, I still am rocking the, what, iPhone 10 something or other. Such an old piece of shit technology 10S, there. 10X. Yeah. Tennis. Tennis. Um, so, yeah, hopefully maybe the, tomorrow or the next day I'll go be able to go pick it up since I was unavailable for delivery. But uh, Congratulations. I'm excited to see the unveiling of the new iPhone 11 Pro. Of, of the photo brick. Yeah. Yeah, the... Yeah, I loved that. I love those memes out there. Like the iPhone 29 is going to have like <laughs> the whole, 484 cameras on the back. It's going to look like an octopus because yeah. it's just got like 800 cameras. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. Yep. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> um, this is cool. I'm just making sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah, LaserDisc. Yeah, that was a good piece of technology too. Betamax. Uh, I have to say, I'm going to remark, uh, I really like being up in the boardroom. What do you think about this new studio? I mean, it's nice looking, right? Look not that. not us, these, but this beautiful like birchwood. Fancy trees behind yeah. us here. I like the lighting, and it's a brick wall, a full brick wall. We don't have 
window is in the background. Nicer table. The table is nicer, too. Yeah. And there's a few cords out, but it's mostly clean. Yeah. Nothing too bad. It looks great. Yeah, it's a nice setup. It's a good good, good suggestion. Yeah, I, I like this. I don't know why we didn't do this sooner. Probably because we had to lug shit up all the time and blah, blah. But it's nice to give it a try. Yeah, we're multiple floors higher, so it'd be, mm-hmm. it would have been a job to bring everything up here. But now most of it's here already because you're up here now. I moved up to the fifth floor. I'm up here now. Yeah. So we're going to be doing the podcast up here now because I'm lazy and... You can come up a couple floors. Heck yeah. I normally. That. Thank you. Normally I would uh, say hit the bumper, but we're going to skip that because we don't, we don't have, have our board. We don't have sounds because our board's broken. It's in California. I don't, I'd like to think it's being repaired. It's probably just <laughs> sitting, in, sitting in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> I haven't heard anything from those guys in a couple weeks. Kim's on right now. Hi, Kim. Welcome. Kim, you should be in the, shouldn't you be working on a couple cakes? Kim has a couple cake orders coming up. Oh boy. And, uh. She wasn't very happy about it this morning. <laughs> Let's move on, man. I want to. I want to skip. I have Tesla news, by the way. Uh huh. And we all know I love to talk about Tesla, but we're going to skip the Tesla section. Wow. Are you serious? We're going to move on to. How many beers did you have before the show? <laughs> God damn. Okay. We're going to move on to uh, volunteerism. Yeah, this is cool, man. I'm excited to talk about this. This is something that 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 recently our. What is he now? He's the VP of. Anderson is. Uh, He's not a CTO anymore. No, he's not CTO. He is the Senior Vice President of Technology, Lending Tree Insurance, Insurance Division. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, he's Small our... Small title. He's our boss's boss. Yeah. Um, and he uh, gave us an opportunity to go and volunteer with the Union Gospel Mission. Yeah, and the Union Gospel Mission is not just a Seattle... Uh, this is a... At least it's a regional... Uh, what am I trying to say? It's a re- it's a regional uh, service, faith based uh, service organization. They might be national, but I know for sure they're in the Northwest. And uh, I've been in Pioneer Square for what five and a half, six years now. Right. And they're right around the corner from our offices here. I've heard of them. I'm familiar with it. Usually in the context of don't go there because it's where a lot of the homeless folks hang out in the Pioneer Square area. It's not a particularly safe area. Sometimes um, there's there's a lot of Police calls, ambulance calls, that sort of thing that come out to that area. And so we generally try to avoid it. But in this case, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to do some volunteer work. And I think the story is kind of interesting. I want to talk, talk, you know, John's story in particular, because he's got a friend that's been on the board for some time now, quite a few years. They went to college together, I believe. And this friend, George, has been, you know, John and him talk about the union gospel mission and the work that they do and the homeless population in Seattle. And I think, you know, I think John would mind me sharing this, but I, I know that he always felt like the work that they were doing was more or less enabling the population to kind of stay in their situation. Cause some of the things they do is like, you know, free meals and a lot of um, free things, blankets and food and, and, and that sort of thing. And for a very long time, he was opposed to going out, um, and, and doing service there just because he felt like it, it you know, didn't jibe with his values and what he thought should be done with, to address the homelessness issue in Seattle. And his buddy George kind of persisted and said, look, why don't you just try it out first? And then if you have an opinion, you can have your opinion. But I think you just need to try it first. And so he's, he relented and went out and they have these what are they called? Love vans. Love vans rescue. They call them what? Re- search and rescue vans, but they say yeah. love van on the side. Yeah, search and rescue, and yes. And so there's there's three of these vans. They're just large cargo vans. 
They go out every night, three, 365 days a year, and they provide some basic essentials, hot chocolate, um, you know, a san- sandwiches, snacks, like some basic food, uh, socks. So one of the uh, interesting facts about this I learned on the recent trip I took was that Robert Hurt, what was his name? Robert Hershevek. He's on Shark Tank. Robert Hershevek. I'm not saying his name right. Robert. He's on Shark Tank. He's he's actually um he he's a contributor. He's he donates um to the mission and I think he supplies them with the socks and something else maybe. Hershevek. Hershevek. Yeah. So he's a he's a major donor to the Union Gospel Mission. But I digress. John went on the trip. He went out um on one of these like search and rescue missions one night a few months ago and had a completely different experience, completely changed his mindset that in fact, we're not enabling the homeless, but just providing some basic necessities and some basic hope and outreach. And, um, yeah, he brought it back to quote wizard and said, Hey guys, like I had such a transformational experience. I want to try to share it with other people. So does anybody want to go? And, uh, we ended up going what, like three weeks ago, four months, four weeks ago. I believe that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty and, cool. Yeah. It, it was an eye opening experience. And, and uh, I've told you before that, you know, I watch the TV show intervention. And if you're familiar with that show, um, it gives you a pretty healthy glimpse and a pretty good understanding of exactly what it is that you're going to experience on this. Yeah. Um, I had never done it until this. And so it, it was an eye opening experience in that respect, but it did align well with, with that program because what they deal with is primarily drug abuse and drug yes. uh, addiction, which the most, the majority of the people that are in uh, these types of situations are either drug addicted or mentally unstable or potentially both. Or both, yeah, and that's the worst situation to be in. But yeah, correct. There's a huge mental health uh, problem as well here, and, and yeah, and we encountered both of those. Yeah, and I think one thing that I wanted to bring up too, you mentioned that like you know we work in the Pioneer Square district of Seattle here. That's where we're sitting right now, probably two blocks from this Union Gospel Mission, and. Um, it, it can appear to be very alarming. It is alarming. Um, and it, and it's, it can be very, um, you know, you might be, like you said, afraid for your security. But, but to be real fair and real honest, like these people aren't, they're, they're more dangerous to themselves than they are to anybody else. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the mission has such a positive relationship and they've established trust with, with the homeless population for years now. And so at least in the context of being with, the group um, had a very different experience. I didn't know what to expect. I'll just say that because I've lived down here for six years. And so anymore now I'm kind of, I hate to say it, but I, I just kind of block it out a bit, you know, cause you get used to, you just get used to your environment. And so walking back and forth from home to work, I can get panhandled two or three times a day easily. And, and you just kind of get immune to it. You get a little bit numb to it after a while. And I'm not mean, but I also don't, I can't, possibly respond to every person who's asking for something or stop and talk to every person that wants me to stop, you know? And so I think I had a very jaded perspective going into this and of like, you know, Oh, those guys that I always have to deal with on my way to work, you know, it's kind of a nuisance. And uh, I was a little nervous about the experience. We showed up what it was, it's from seven thirty to eleven thirty every night that these vans go out. There's three of them. They patrol different neighborhoods in the city including ours, but they also go up to Capitol Hill and they go down to Soto. I mean, it's pretty wide reaching where they go and they go different places on different nights. Uh, anyway, 
we show up around 7.30. They bring us downstairs into the basement. We have a brief in, instructional video on, you know, stay in the buddy system. Like, if there's any issues, like, say the code word and do this and do that. And, um, you know, I'm really nervous at this point. What's going to yeah. happen? What, <laughs> what are we doing? We're essentially walking into all the places that most people will never walk into. Yeah, where uh, these people are living. Where they're living. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of tent camps that are up and down I-5, Interstate 5 in Seattle. And they're not, I mean, these aren't exactly like official places. Like there will be a hole in a fence that's uh, like do not trespass. And then you like go into this place and are in the trees and there's rats running around. Oh, big, yeah. Big rats. And, the, and amongst all this trash and these rats are like tents a whole tent city set up where people are living. And it's not just like some of these folks have been there for, for months. Like there's platforms and there's like a tent hanging in tree. I mean, it's crazy. It me. is crazy. I agree with you. Um, but, go ahead. Yeah. And so, um, we're walking the van essentially will for four hours from seven 30 to 11 30, we'll go to maybe six or seven different sites on that route, pull up to a site, Everybody jumps out of the van and goes right into these homeless encampments and then announces, hey, Union Gospel Mission, uh, Love Van is here, search and rescue. We've got warm food, blankets, clothing. And all of a sudden, like where you just see tents and it's kind of quiet and people come flying out um, when they are we are announcing our presence. And you'll get, you know, to meet people one on one. They're very grateful, very excited to see you. And. For some folks, like that's their only lifeline out there. It was really jarring. I wasn't expecting that at all. And I think it's important to to call out the fact like like, yeah, you're giving out a lot of things. You're giving out blankets and food and water and coffee or Kool-Aid or something like that. But it's not just handouts like they're not they're not just giving out like, you know, free everything like that is a part of it. They're trying to give these people like the staples they need to continue to survive. But ultimately, they want them to come in. Like the reason this is called search and rescue is ultimately they have beds at the gospel mission, right, or at other locations that that they serve that serve with them, and and they want them to come in and they'll speak to them. We, we you know we were uh, witness to some of this. Like they will talk to them and say like, hey, can, you know, if you want to come in right now, if you're tired of this life and you want to get out of it, like we have a bed for you. Come with us right now. And they would drive immediately back to the mission. Right now. Yep. Yep. So these people just don't want it. A lot of people don't. A lot they, of people aren't ready for it. They want. They say they want it. Yeah. Um, but again, I'll take it back to the intervention thing. And like, if you watch that show, like, they 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 do the intervention with the person that's drug addicted, and then they start to say like, "Well, if you go right now, we can help you." Right. And then immediately they start to back up, and they're like, "Well, I need to go back to my house. I need to go see my boyfriend. I need to shoot up one more time. I need, you know, they always right, have right, a million right. excuses, and we even yeah. witnessed this. We did, yeah. Right. There was a guy that they had talked into it. And he was like, I will meet you at the next stop because he knew where the next stop of this thing was. Um, and and we waited for him. We actually stopped. We waited at that stop for probably 10 or 15 minutes longer than they would normally wait mm-hmm. to see if he would uh, show up there. And he didn't. So yeah. um, all this to say, I guess, like, it, you know, these people, they can be helped probably, but they have to want it as well. I think that's true with anything in life. You can't force someone into a situation. Um I know that what they're doing is ultimately good work. It's just really um, one person at a time. And I think it's slow going and it's a way. It's not the way uh, to solve the problem because it's just a massive 
at a massive scale in the Northwest in Seattle, San Francisco, um, all up and down the coast. But um, I will say that for the people that are ready, I was really pleased to get the education on what is available because so many times on game days and people are panhandling in the neighborhood and you feel helpless and you want to do something, but you don't know what's the right thing to do. And so a lot of people will just throw a few bucks out. Here's a couple bucks. Here's some change. And, and it's been proven. It doesn't, it doesn't help. That doesn't help. It doesn't really get anybody off of any street. It just keeps them where they're at. I mean, that really is an enabling activity. It is. Yeah. And I feel very empowered now to say, look, like if, if you need legal services, if you need a bus ticket back to Arizona to get to your family, if you need a warm meal, if you need a bed, if you need rehab, like these things are all available to you, no cost to you out of pocket. All you have to do is be semi sober and have a willingness to, to do it. And to me, that's such a better response. Like if you really need help, like you can get help, you know, me giving you money is not going to help. It might help in the moment, (laughs) even if it's legitimate and you're getting some food, it gets you a meal or it gets you high for right now, if that's what you're doing, but it doesn't really get you out of your situation. But there are so many resources that are available in our area that for people that want it can get it. And that's something to, to point out too, is, is if they want to, if they want to take one of those beds in the mission, they do have, they can come in not clean, Mm -hmm. but they can't continue to use while they're in. So it's a program. Yeah. And they can't, you know, the program is obviously to get them off of drugs, probably get them jobs and, and kind of put them back into society in some kind of, you know, um, healthy way. Yeah. Um, but they can't be using, you know, throughout their stay. So they do have on, on this, uh, volunteer van one, you know, one of the people that is a leader, he's actually one of the members of the program. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure you met another one, probably a different one than what we went out with the first time, but, um, it's his job. That's his job is to, cause he is the best advocate that they can possibly have. He was them. Right. So he's going to be the one to talk to them and, and tell them what they needed to hear because he knows what they're experiencing. Now that was the most powerful part of the experience for me is that these leaders of the search and rescue are folks that have lived out on the streets for months and some of them years. And they know a lot of these guys by name. I mean, they, when we go do routes, like they know right. each other on a first name basis and it's like, Hey Jimmy, like, what can I do for you? How can I support you? How can I help you? You know, are you, are you ready to come in yet? And I think that's the most powerful thing is to see like, yeah, you know, I, I've been there. Like I've been out, out here for five years doing drugs, doing my thing, but I'm in here now and I've got a job and like, man, like shit's turned around. Like they're, they're the real example. And like you hear their stories and it's just incredible what type of adversity they came from to get to where they're at. And a lot of these guys are just normal people that had unfortunate circumstances, you know, horrible things happen to them. Horrible. Like, th- yeah. A lot of them are, are dealing with trauma. Like, uh, and I think they even talked about this in the presentation that they give before you go out. Like most of these people are not on drugs because they want to be on drugs. Like that's a horrible way to look at it. The reason yeah. that they're on drugs is because they had a horrible trauma in their past yeah. and they're using the drugs to cope with exactly that. Right. Exactly. They, they don't have a lot of tools to cope. Some of these people, I met one gal that had been on the streets and she was in fifth grade, she said, and you can't, Im- I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, I was heartbroken. One of the stops that we had in pioneer or in Capitol Hill was remember the, the family that was yep. in that car. They were living in an Impala. The mom was, up front smoking weed the two kids were like five and six year old yeah kids came running out as soon as they saw the van pull up because they knew the van and they were wondering what we had for them tonight and they were wonderful yeah they wanted kool-aid and yeah they were just happy to 
yeah. happy to get out of the car and, and you know because they were just living in a car living in a little sedan and and that, that was the heartbreaking thing is that you see not that anybody should be out there i mean you see the conditions they live in you're not choosing to do that because you wanna it's because you're stuck can't get out don't know what to do addicted but it the conditions are just so so terrible right but to see the kids was really hard for me. I had a hard time. I, would, I agree. And that was the last stop of the night. So that was a re I mean, on the one hand, like it was great because those kids were freaking wonderful. Yeah. Like they, they were, were so very much happy. Yeah. I mean, they were so much fun. Like they wanted Kool-Aid and they were like, oh, my God, can I yeah. have some more of this? Can I have some more of that? Like, yeah. Talking to us like it was actually really wonderful to talk to them. But at the same time, the circumstances of their situation, you know, not great. Not great at all. Yeah. They weren't there the next time, though, that you said because you took the same route yeah. and they weren't weren't there. So. Yeah, I went back a few weeks later. And uh, they weren't there, but um, so hopefully they they're they have a better situation. I don't know what they were doing. They that night she said that they were waiting for traffic to die down, but it was eleven o'clock at night. I mean there was no traffic anywhere. So, <laughs> right. Um, I'll say this much. I mean I've done various volunteer opportunities in the past. I mean when, when I was at Great and we did a lot of volunteer work. Um, I've gotten away from it for a little while. And so it was really nice that we did this. I think it was a good reminder. And so I signed up after that trip and went back once. I want to go back. We both have talked about this. We're going to go back again on a more regular basis. And I have to say, like, it is a selfish thing for me. I'll admit it. I mean, it's amazing to just get to meet these people and like how appreciative they are of what you can do for them. Giving them like a donated jacket or a shirt or whatever, because their shirts filthy and has holes in it, you know? It's not much, but it means a lot, and they're very grateful for for what we can offer. But um, in a selfish way for me, too, I get so clouded with my own reality, and I'm frustrated about things at work or I'm frustrated about things at home or whatever's going on. And you come back from that four-hour experience, and, like, there's fucking nothing that matters anymore. Like, you come back, and you're like, I got it just fine. Like, whatever bullshit I'm bitching about doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah. And that was that was one big takeaway for me that made me say, you know what, I need to go back. I need to be tied into this reality a little bit more and forget about my bullshit. Yeah, I'm with you. I I love the program. I'm not much of a religious person. Um, You know, that's not really my thing. So that part of it's lost on me. But um, I will say that, like the the mission itself, you know, helping those people, um, helping them survive, because um, as we go into like this type of season, it's it's fall here in Seattle is starting to be wet. Yeah, a lot. It's getting really cold at night, yeah. like down to the 40s, low 40s. And these people need things like they need basic necessities or they can't survive right. the night. Right? right. So those are the things that you're you're offering them. Um, and kind of to your point, like uh, of kind of being letting it kind of um, ground you a little bit. It does. Yeah. Something that I've always had and I have it continue. I still have it on the on the landing going up to my bedroom is a photo that I took in, in uh, Pike Place Market some probably seven years ago at this point. Um, and it's an unknown gentleman. I don't know who he is. I have no idea. Um, but sitting there in, in kind of tattered clothes and smoking a cigarette. And it's kind of a depressing photo. And like a lot of people will kind of ask, well, why do you want that there? Right? Why do you want to look at that? Yeah. And it's exactly what you described here is like, I have it very nice. I have a very good life. And so I need that, you know, I want to continue to be centered and grounded and understand like how, how well off you have it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It, so. it was a good reality check for me. Um, and it's amazing the work that they're doing. I, I, I didn't know a lot about the organization before we went and 
um, I've I've heard a lot of anecdotal things about other organizations in the area, and everyone does some level of good. These guys are just really the real deal. I mean, the things that they do above and beyond other groups too. And and so it, it's really cool to be a, a part of that. And uh, it's something that I hope that we can kind of keep keep going. I'm happy to say that they book out early. I tried to get one for next week, booked out. Um, All three vans booked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think what they do, though, is they get sponsors to take a van, take two of the three vans. And so the sponsor's job is to okay. fill it. Got it. And then they have a third one that's kind of, you know, anybody can sign up for it. They have room for six or seven people, and that just fills up really quickly. So, but they have... No limit. I mean, there's no limit to the amount of opportunities there. Like they do this stuff in the morning too. They have, you know, there's probably a dozen volunteer opportunities every day over here. Oh, more than that. Making meals, serving meals, cleaning. Right. Yeah. Like doing something like, I think there's some shower program. Yeah, they there's, do. They have some shower truck that yep. they can bring. I'm guessing it's something like you'd see at a Coachella or right. a concert. Yep. And they bring those to different sites yep. so people can get clean. Just tons of opportunities. Yep. So I'll link to the um, Union Gospel Mission in the show notes here. So if anybody's interested, we can you can definitely check out if they're in your area. Um, if you're in the Seattle area, I'd highly recommend checking them out. Get signed up. Getting to, getting to be a volunteer is super easy. You just got to give them a little bit of information. They're going to run kind of a partial background check on you just to make sure that you're... It was quick. Yeah, it's easy. It's painless. Um, and then you can sign up for whatever it is that you want to sign up for. So... Yeah. Really great experience. I'm glad we did it. I want to do some more of it. Um, I'm glad you threw it in the notes because that that was such a powerful experience and it was a good bonding thing for our team. I and mean, we had a good group of people from tech that came out with us that night too. And I, they, I think they all were transformed by it and all said, you know, we really love to go back again. Absolutely. So, yeah. Sad that it has to exist, but really grateful for for that group. And it, yeah, it's it's not a... It's not the, the way to solve the problem. Yeah. But like these are still human beings, right? We still need, they still need basic things. Well, in short of, short of this group of volunteers showing up and shaking hands and hugging and handing a warm meal, they probably don't get that from anybody else any other time of the day. You know? Right. And I, I can't imagine that. I mean, I, we all need some kind of recognition or affirmation or encouragement. And if you're already down in that situation, you're pretty low. And, and for some, they just don't get that at all. Yeah. And they're certainly not going to get it from people on the street. I mean, we all turn a, an eye, you know, or have yep. or have a judgment or something like that. It's just, you know, it's not like you're going to be welcome down the street. So. Right. Yeah. Really, really cool. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. So let's move on from that and move on to something kind of uh, exciting, depending upon if you want to talk about it. Sure. Something exciting that uh, recently sure. happened in your life. I don't. Uh, I'm still single. Don't, don't get too excited. Oh. Hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> the way you said it, it was like, ooh, something happened in your life. Um, don't get too it's carried away. It's big news, here. man. Like we, this is big. This is, uh, this is exciting. I'm very pleased about this. I'm very excited. So, yeah, I... Have been have been Jones in for a change of roles for a while now. I've been I've been writing software on some form or fashion since 1998, like 20 years, 21 years. <laughs> That's a long time. You're making me feel old, dude. Dude, like not not like I was like killing it back then, but I yeah. was doing HTML and some stuff back then. You know what I mean? Yep. 
And so I'm just a little jaded from it. Like that's a long time to be doing shit. And I've taken breaks in between. I had business, other businesses that I tried to do and ventures and that sort of thing. But I was always in some capacity tied to the technology, software development, coding, websites, web apps, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so, yeah, things kind of been shuffling around in our department. Well, I mean, for, for a while now, we talked about senior management and things like that on previous episodes. And uh, an opportunity came open last Friday, Friday at two o'clock. <laughs> there was a, uh, oh, Kyle Johnson just joined. Hey, how you hey. doing, buddy? Thanks. Glad Thanks I for could joining. Be, glad I could join. Long time listener. First time. First time. Watcher. Caller. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got promoted to manager of DevOps. DevOps. Yeah. That's crazy. DevOps. Totally outside the field of development. I mean, there is some. Pretty much. There is a little bit of development to be done there. Maybe scripting. I don't know how you want to refer to it, but. Mm-hmm. Totally outside the realm of what you've done for, what'd you say? 18 years? Oh, 20. 20 years. Yeah. 20 years, dude. Long time. Yeah. So, um. I'm, I, I was re- really nervous about it at first because I thought, well, for one thing, it's management. I'm not really sure if I can handle that. Some of these people, you know, uh, I don't know. What do I know about this stuff? What am I going to do? I'm a software guy. So that was a fair. And then also to DevOps is just a departure from software development. Um, but thank you, Christine. Christine said, congrats. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for joining us today, too. Um, yeah. I, I had I had a lot of fears about the whole thing, but at the end of the day, I jumped in, and within 30 minutes, I realized I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> well, and to be fair, you've kind of done it, you know, from a from a rear seat position, I guess you might say, like for lack of a better description. Unofficially, right? Yeah. Like in different capacities, leading teams in the past, and and I've always felt like I've had that leadership bone in there, like that ability, but it hasn't been very official before. This is a whole new capacity. Um, uh, ultimately I'll have seven people under me in like the next six weeks. I mean, we're hiring right now a few spots. So there's, there's what four right now with three coming on board. So and that's being thrown to the fire, man. Like usually like I, I think normally, you know, like a software team, you're going to have, you know, three or four to start with something like that. Mm-hmm. So seven is, is quite a few because like once you get up to like, say the 10 ish area, yeah. like now you're talking about like needing somebody else to help manage that group because yep. that's awful big. It's I can tell you when I might, you know, on the project that w- that I'm working on, when yes. we got to 11, yeah, that was like everything that I could possibly do to like not drop something. Like there was no, I had no capacity for anything else. Yeah, you're full time just tending to whatever pops up, right? And, and managing one on ones and all the all that's entitled in, like in there, right? Yeah. So yeah, I in in no, you know, in in relatively short order here, I've got a pretty full team of of people that I'm managing and. uh I was nervous for a minute. I, I am a little bit, but I'm more excited. I sent out a welcome email today and just said, okay, here's the plan. Here's what's happening. Like, we're going to be getting together one-on-ones. Really want to know what's going on and how I can support you. And I, I'm really enjoying it. I just need to be in a spot where I have a level of autonomy and ability to just make make mistakes. You know I what lo- I mean? I love this, man, because I can tell you, like, I was in Charlotte with, with Joseph Springer, who's now your boss. He is. Hey, Springer. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were sitting around just kind of chatting, and, and I think we were just discussing kind of the state of the union and who would sh- shift into what spots and all that sort of business. And we were kind of going through who might go where, and, and your name came up. And, you know, we've been espousing this, like, two-team approach for a while. We have. You know, so for months. Would, yeah, so you would be a dev team manager instead of a DevOps manager. That was kind of the intended 
direction that we had. And the two-team approach was just for here in Seattle. But suddenly he like throws this idea out at me and he's like, well, what would you think if he was a DevOps manager? And I was like, well, you know, like, let me think about that for a minute. And like the more I thought about it, I was like, this makes a lot of sense actually, because number one, the two-team approach, unfortunately, is very stalled. Yeah. There's a lot of politics and and, um, different ideas of how that should work. And that's fine. That's still being shaken out, but there's no clear path forward for that anytime in the near future. No. Whereas this seemed to be a pretty immediate opportunity. And so for that, I was very, very grateful. But then the other thing, you've always been like an anti-process guy where I'm a, I'm a, I would say I'm very heavy on process. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to set up pretty heavy guardrails and, and make people follow them. Whereas you're like, no, I don't, I don't like that. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect for DevOps because DevOps does need to have some guardrails, but then like you're only going to put them up only to a certain point and then stop, which I think is healthy. I try to have a pragmatic approach in that thing. And sometimes I, I used to be more cowboy than I am now. I think I'm trying to embrace that as we grow and mature as an organization, we have now, what, 45 people in our tech org. If you look at like the, the Q-Dub side of things, you can't do things the way we did them four years ago, right? <laughs> as much as you might want to. As much as I'd want to. I mean, I remember FTPing files up to the production server. Like, I don't think we should be doing that anymore. Oh, man, so. you actually FTP'd stuff? I remember yeah. back in the day, I would just edit the file directly on the server, man. It was I fine. did that shit, too. <laughs> when you and I were at the Med Center, we did that all the time, dude. Do don't you remember that? Like, oh, yeah. We would log onto the file server. I think we even had, like, a network drive <laughs> mapped to my laptop. Probably true. And I was like, okay, I'm going to edit this file, dude. Like, yep. oh, make sure to save a copy of it first. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, there's no source control. I'm going to save a copy in a folder called, you know, V version previous. Yep. <laughs> old. I think it was in the col- folder called go. old. <laughs> Underscore old. <laughs> yeah, copy, paste, old. And then I would open the file, make the changes, paste it, and save yeah. it. Refresh the page real quick to make sure it didn't break. <laughs> oh, good. It actually loads. Okay, I think we're okay. Yeah. We did it. Yep. Deployment successful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. We did a lot of things very cowboy then. So I, I don't advocate for that anymore. But yeah, I, I try to bring a level of pragmatism to it because as a former, you know, small business owner, very small business, um, I think I have an appreciation for the business side of things. Like when, when revenue is really the priority and like and, and, and making money, you know, it's not everything. But it's it's most a lot of things. And I think a lot of times in tech, we can get too hung up on process and detail that we, and we get a little more distance from business. We don't really appreciate like what's on the line. And so, you know, by and large, the paycheck clears every two weeks, you know, hopefully if you're <laughs> a good place. <laughs> and so you don't think about that stuff. You don't have that pressure in technology. A lot of times it's just like, hey, build and create and and do. And so that's great. I don't think we need to be thinking about that all the time but i i value that perspective because i try to bring to the table some nuance to say look you know like let's try to do it right but also let's be cognizant of the effort required we wouldn't want to spend six months doing something that we could do a 80 percent job in six weeks but still have impact on the bottom line still make things happen and and still be pretty damn good so i don't know i i think that's what i try to how i try to come at it I love it. Yeah. And I think this is cool from a couple of other perspectives too. Like we've talked about this previously on the show, the the, the book that we read, um, Dare to Lead. Brene Brown. I don't know if you finished reading it. but I'm in the progress in process. Yeah. So a couple of things that we've been pushing really hard here in the Seattle office and, and, and especially in light of our VP's exit from the company. 
I think you did two things here that are nice and kind of um, emphasize those points. One, um, you you very clearly stated what it is you want, right? You weren't you weren't shy about that. Like you you made it very clear that this is what I want to do and this is why. Yeah. And because of that, I think um, you know they didn't pass you over and and they they had no chance to pass you over because it was very clearly stated. Like I would love to be a dev manager if that's available. It's not available, but because it's not available, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened, right? So you weren't passed over you made very clear to your boss your boss's boss probably your boss's boss's boss <laughs> yeah I, I kind of talked to everybody about yeah. it which yeah. i think is important you don't want to depending on where you are you don't want to totally like break rules there but i tried to talk to anybody that would listen about it yeah and i think it's important that's something that i've definitely learned like nobody's going to advocate for you right right i mean maybe they will but you're lucky if that's the case well, I'll bring it back to 18 months ago when I moved back from San Francisco, right? Like when I came back, I was in my own headspace and I kind of drifted for a while there. I mean, I was getting work done. I was showing up on time, but I wasn't myself and I wasn't really, I didn't really care about anything at the time, honestly, frankly, around career. So it was just kind of there. And I saw you elevate and a lot of other people elevate around me. And once I got through my own personal stuff enough that I was in a healthier place, I'm realizing, man, like there isn't anybody out there really advocating. There's nobody checking in to see how things are going or what I want. Like everybody wants to make sure that you're okay on a basic level, but nobody's really like, what's next for you? What's, what's gonna, what's your career going to look like in six months or a year or five years. And so that really got to me when I started to see everybody else move. And I'm like, well, shit, I haven't really thought about that too much. And, and, when I did think about it, I thought, well, I'm just going to be Johnny engineer for a long time because that's pretty cool. And I can just kick ass and take names. But then, <laughs> but then the new recruits came in and they were just crushing it. Yeah. Yep. And then I think, well, geez, you know, like the new recruits are crushing it, but they could use support. They don't really know the system. They don't know the politics. They don't, they don't have the experience, but they're really good at their job. Well, and maybe they can put out code like nobody's business, but maybe it's not written quite appropriately or sure you know, forward thinking or, you know, those types of things that experience gathers for you. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. There, the, that wisdom you get over time and, and being w- at a place for a while. And so I, it took a while. I, I thought honestly, my whole career would be just as uh, not just, but I thought my whole career would be in development. I never thought I would transition out of that. And to get to that point where I realized, wow, there is a certain value. It's quite valuable actually to be able to provide leadership for a group like that. Yeah. And there's a need. I think that like I said it earlier today, like the air is thinner up here. Like there's just not as many people in technology. I'm sure in other fields too, a that want to do that. You know, we, we have a lot of peers that are like, absolutely not. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> um, don't want to do it, not have no interest. And so to have the interest and the ability, I think is a cool thing. And if you got it, why not do it? And so that's, that was the turning point. I think the other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I think this is very important, especially in this case, because one of the things that you did is you put yourself in a very, you put yourself out there in a very uncomfortable position, right? You were very worried about what the position entailed. Do you have the chops? Do you have the credentials? Do you have the support of the people that you would be managing? Right. Like there's a ton of things that you had questions and concerns about that maybe you weren't feeling comfortable and I think something, again, back to the, the Dare to Lead book, like one of the things that I've learned in my career is that the times that you're incredibly uncomfortable like that and that you put yourself out there, yes, you can fail. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. 
But in the times that you put yourself out there in that kind of scenario, these are the times that you're going to gain the most and you're going to learn the most in like really short order. Yes. And I think that's very important to recognize and understand. And so I, I applaud you for that because I think this will be like a tremendous growth period in your career um, for you as a person and uh, as a manager. And uh, I think that's pretty awesome. That's all really cool, man. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. And for all the support too along the way. It's been good. We've been we've been doing this thing for what? Since 2006. <laughs> we've been around the block, man. <laughs> 13 years, man. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And now here we are on the Coffee Code cast. Wow. And we're at the 59 minute mark. Are we really? Do you have a timer? It's on the Sling Studio. Yep. Excellent. So we hit our hour, but I think we had some good conversation today. I really liked that topic about volunteering and Union Gospel Mission and we had some really good we had some good meat on the bone, even though we didn't know how to get the damn show started. Today. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get the stupid roadcaster back. Maybe I really the, hope that yeah. people at road can, you know, get back from vacation and get some work done on my roadcaster pro. I would love that. I miss that thing so yeah. badly. <laughs> I, if, if we don't hear from him another week, I agree. We should just order another one. And Well, I saw the, the wife here got logged on a minute ago. So just FYI. Hey. You know, there might be a big purchase in the future. <laughs> hey, if you see a $600 charge from a road, don't don't get too upset. It's there just temporary. We'll it's, return it later. It's a business expense. Business expense. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> Use that one with your significant other. It's, it's a business expense. Yeah. Bullshit. Bullshit. Right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we don't have any special sound effects or anything like that, so it's just going to be. It's going to be kind of a blah ending here, but it's I'll let you bring it home. See you later. I'll see you later. Yeah. Servi, thanks for joining us, dude. Zach was on here, too. I saw a few of his comments fly by. Thanks Wyatt for was on. Ludi was on. We yeah. had all kinds of people. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Even, all the new people. Kim's baking a cake. She was freaking out a little bit, so she was on, and then she had to leave. Excellent. Well, That's good. She's got to get that taken care of. <laughs> the wife just said another one. Another, another big purchase. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Our artwork is provided by Yurne the Gentle Giant. Check out more of his illustrative work at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find all of this and more on our awesome website, www.coffeecodecast.com. And if you like the show or you hate it, I don't care. Yeah. Jump on over to coffeecodecast.com slash review. Help us out with a quick uh, note. Give us a rating and a few words. As always, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week. Hopefully with the road board. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.